Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and I am here at Black Hat with Hillary Tuttle, Senior Editor of Risk Management Magazine. Thank you for joining me today, Hillary. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much. It's weird to be behind the microphone this time. <laughs> we are turning the tables once again here. So let's start out, Hillary, just um, some background on you and Risk Management Magazine and what types of stories you guys cover. We run the full gamut of corporate and enterprise risk, so everything from natural disasters to um, increasingly reputation risk, um, various financial issues, um, and of course a lot of cyber security, um, cyber risk, and cyber insurance. Um, particularly uh, since we do target a risk-based audience, um, cyber insurance has been a staple in our, our rotation um, almost every issue for about the last six years. So I'm seeing a lot of that topic here at Black Hat. Actually, we were just talking about this a little bit off offline. Um, can you explain like what types of um, you know stories you're looking at and, and that trend in particular, and like what what the industry is evolving into with cyber insurance? Well, um, thankfully, as with risk management and cyber risk in general, um, we've started really progressing from. Um, more of a reactive mindset and more of kind of a, hey, this is a risk that you have to think about into um, actual questions about mitigation, losses, um, demonstrating the stakes in practical terms. So a lot of our coverage is really more focused on um, what is going out, uh, out in the wild and how that is impacting businesses in concrete ways. Um, so particularly with cyber insurance, that translates into um, major loss events, that translates into um, new endorsements for coverage or exclusions. Um, there is you know, increasing litigation in terms of avoiding things like cyber insurance coverage. Um, so focusing on some of the nuances of what does or does not get covered or um, how people are treating the product in practice um, as a risk management tool, um, and then how they're building cyber risk uh, programs around that. Um, so it is interesting, particularly here, to see kind of how on the on the infosec side, people are also looking at the same products that um, our readership tends to look at as more of a kind of everyday, as kind of a niche tool in that arsenal. Okay, so here at, at Black Hat, are you talking to a lot of vendors? Like, what is your approach to the conference? And I know you mentioned that you don't you don't cover products and services. So, like, what are you looking to gain out of Black Hat this year and any conference really throughout the year? We don't cover product services um, or companies specifically, um, so it's really more about the underlying problems that their products actually address. Um, obviously, your product exists for a reason, so what is the risk that that, that is meant to speak to? Um, so when people approach me about writing articles, we do take contributed coverage. The question is always about, you know, what is the fundamental risk? what is the risk issue, what are the different mitigation approaches? If your product is one of the answers to that question, then that is absolutely valid. But we're really more focused on conceptually um, understanding the fundamental risks to businesses and what those actual losses can look like and why mitigation is important. Um, typically with products, and this is one of the key things here, um, you know, the product is really only a part of 
of the reason <laughs> it's part of the risk situation, and then it's part of the mitigation strategy. What are the other parts of that mitigation strategy? Um, and that is where particularly more dynamic risk managers or um, CISOs, CROs, CIOs um, are really kind of looking at that holistic picture. And so we do try to um, speak more toward that as opposed to which vendor <laughs> happens to approach us about a, an issue on a given day. That's definitely a helpful background just to know more about like what you're looking to cover and how you approach things because you know every publication is different. Um, how have you seen this space evolve? Like you've been covering this for a while now, so like how has cybersecurity changed? How has how's risk management changed over the years? Um, well, risk management itself has become a lot more focused on strategic and enterprise risk. Um, the perspective of that and the ability to manage risk in complex nuanced ways that transcend purely just buying insurance um, has matured significantly but still is in the process of maturing particularly in small and mid-sized businesses as opposed to larger enterprises um, and we're seeing the same thing with cyber risk um, you know a lot of risk managers when I first started needed to be convinced like hey cyber risk exists and it's a thing that you need to worry about this is causing concrete problems um, there are financial implications, there are direct losses, there are um, you know, data privacy issues, there's reputation risk, there is regulatory risk. Um, I think the tide has really shifted substantially in the past uh, six years, and it's been a, an exciting time in that space um, to watch toward looking at cyber risk more holistically, and it no longer has to be about convincing people that it's a problem, it's more about which specific threats to be aware of um, and then what mitigation strategies they can actually put in place. Um, you know, the industry itself, particularly with the insurance, has also been maturing really rapidly to cover as these risks mature. Um, so, you know, we used to see kind of standard insurance policies for cyber risk. Now we're seeing things like specific endorsements for, you know, business email compromise and wire fraud and um, social engineering scams. So it's kind of interesting to see um, the evolution of offerings on that side, as well as the evolution out in the field of, of what's actually happening. Um, and then I think our role is really to help filter for people within the enterprise, um, you know, what is the threat landscape like, what needs to be on your radar, so that when you go into a board meeting or you go and, and create um, your own kind of risk landscape idea, um, what should be on the agenda? What do you need to know to be informed going to those conversations? Um, and that's kind of why I'm here. Um, you know, we aspire to do more dynamic and more kind of progressive coverage um, and figuring out what, what's on the horizon. So um, it's, it's an interesting time for sure. <laughs> and that hasn't really slowed down, but it is, it is maturing, thankfully. Great answer. So I'm sure that you get um, just a lot of different companies reaching out to you all the time. Um, from contributed content, you mentioned that risk management includes content. Um, from pitches, I'm sure things that are completely irrelevant to even your coverage area. Um, how do you handle that? And what, I guess, what advice would you give to someone or a company that wants to get in touch with you? Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, since we don't cover specific companies, products, or services, um, my advice is always to focus on the underlying ideas. Um, what is the value add for a corporate risk professional? Um, you know, in, in our actual coverage, I do try to 
try to aspire to make business coverage that people still wouldn't mind having as part of a dinner conversation when you like talk about what you did at the end of the day. So it should be something interesting and engaging and accessible um, across a pretty broad audience, but it is also very much a niche publication um, and understanding a business audience can be really complicated. I recommend that people take a look at the site to kind of gauge um, the level of technicality in some of our coverage and then also very specifically our audience. Um, I always encourage people to ask questions or you know to send over their pitches um, in a little bit more detail and I'm happy to help flesh out how do you approach that for our audience because that can be tricky. Um, and then I also do very much encourage focusing on you know um, what is new about this article what is valuable about this article. Um, the bottom line should never be buy my product. It should be um, education or awareness or, you know, kind of um, galvanizing, yeah. <laughs> but, but not with the ultimate goal of, of purchasing. Um, and one thing I was looking at when I was thinking about um, talking to you today and looking at your, your site and everything, it's, you know, risk management isn't always cybersecurity related. So what is, um, I guess, one of the more unexpected parts of where cyber meets other types of risk management? Like, what do you think of from that perspective? Um, I think one of the particularly interesting areas, and it's one that is increasingly powerful for risk professionals um, and C-suite executives in general, um, is the increasing um, number of cases where cyber incidents, data security failures, um, impact directors and officers in a very tangible way. Holding executive leadership accountable for failures in information security um, is an increasing trend and it's definitely one that is capturing attention from people who are making decisions and allocating budget. Um, and, you know, as much as we want to talk about doing the right thing, and that is definitely a, a factor for many companies, um, I think that that exposure um, is, is really starting to pick up more and, and get buy-in um, and interest. Um, I think also, you know, we're seeing some kind of class actions and other litigation around um, some of the very, very real financial losses companies are seeing around data security incidents. Um, and as as you see more shareholder lawsuits and people holding directors, again, directors and officers accountable, um, that is very much driving um, interest in where does accountability within the enterprise actually fall? Um, you know, what is foreseeable risk? What what due diligence do you need to go? Do you need to do going into an M and A, for example, or um, you know any number of kind of broader corporate ties to what used to just be the the realm of you know the IT team or um, the security team is now very much a board level issue. Um, so kind of taking that step back and seeing that broader picture um, is is changing a lot as these incidents get bigger and more expensive. So I guess what got you into this space? Like it's super niche and cybersecurity. I mean, I always, I'm always curious how people get involved in this. I find that with risk management in general, people kind of fall into it by accident. Um, and I did as well. My background was more primarily just in journalism. Um, I was at HuffPost before this. Um, and I kind of just, you know, it's the combination of 
preparation and opportunity or um, aptitude and, and opportunity. Um, I started covering risk management um, when I got this job about six years ago and I kind of it was the beginning of, of what was very much a decisive wave in cyber risk really coming to the fore. Um, so some of that was just luck, but I also really loved it and found it fascinating. And um, I am fortunate that the more uh, I got to know, the more there was to cover. And um, there's definitely been such an increased demand that uh, it's it's kind of been a fun rabbit hole to, to have fallen down. Um, and now, yeah, here I am six years later. Um, <laughs> Covering covering vastly more technical topics than anyone ever expected, <laughs> um, or than I expected, but it's it's been wonderful, um, and it's such a dynamic field that it's impossible to not find something that resonates with you or with your readers. Um, so it's it's constantly challenging, but incredibly engaging. And one question we ask all the um, reporters that we talk to is, what do you think is going to be one of the biggest headlines of 2019? I know we've ha had a couple already recently, but um, just curious on your perspective, if you could look at one of the biggest headlines for the year, what would it be? I'm always hesitant about forecasting that type of thing. I do a threat landscape every year, but when it comes to what actually will resonate with, um, with the public or or regulators for that matter. Um, it's always a little hard to predict. Um, I do think that we are going to see an increasing number of suits um, holding executive leadership accountable for data security incidents and, and practices. Um, I think as more regulation continues to come out, we're gonna continue to see um, very real exposure and you know with GDPR we did see a lot of coverage um, and a lot of concern those fines are very very high and there is no better way to get people interested um, but as we're seeing more regulations come up internationally and as we're seeing ones within the United States as well um, like California um, I think that's going to continue to be um, a big driver of interest um, and I'm interested to see you know as we see more significant fines actually pan out in practice. Um, there are a number of trends in the cyber field that I'm also interested to see really start panning out more. Um, you know, as interesting and, and exciting as kind of like zero day culture can be, um, our coverage does not really focus on that as much, and we are more focused on what is actionable and practical. Um, so I'm also particularly interested to see where some of these vulnerabilities will really go. And I think that we are gonna start seeing more of these exploited in the wild. Um, and so I'm interested to see particularly with connected devices, um, with a lot of this um, work around Boeing and aviation is of course gonna be a village at DEF CON this year, so I'm fascinated to see how that goes. Um, and then medical devices as well. Um, and I'm the Cavalry is doing such wonderful work. Um, I know that GE is also t uh, specifically giving them devices this year. Um, so I'm interested to see kind of this nexus of actual um, exploitation and then looking really toward um, cyber risk, cybersecurity, and cyber due diligence in a way that we haven't seen before. Um, not sure if those will make headlines, but, but they're ones that I would like to see. <laughs>
And then just our last question, just to keep it a little light, is um, what is something that maybe people don't know about you outside of reporting? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty dull person to be honest. So I'm not sure how much of that. Um, I volunteer with a program that raises service dogs um, for veterans with PTSD and traumatic brain injury. Um, it actually uses prison inmates to raise the dogs. So they do that for two to three years. And um, I, so I work with service animals and they learn about 90 commands and we uh, have a lot of interesting time practicing them around the streets of New York. So I guess that, other than that, I'm, I'm pretty dull. All right, well, thank you so much, Hillary. This has been a lot of fun talking to you today. Um, this is Christine Blake with Hillary Tuttle at Black Hat 2019. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.